This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today I want to talk about how absolutely critical it is that you know what is up with your hormones, okay? Now, that may or may not include hormone testing, and there's lots of ways to do that either with a doctor or outside of a traditional medical setting, but please don't hear me saying it's critical that everybody go out and get tests done. That's not what I'm saying at all. The reality is that our bodies are giving us feedback all the time, and what I'm seeing happen so often and even seen in myself is that we just brush it off as aging or stress or, you know, this is just the way life is. And that's just not true at all. So we'll talk a little bit about testing, but I really want to drive home how important it is to live and eat in a way that supports your hormones. So many times we think about lifestyle as diet related, and I don't mean diet in terms of what you eat and what you don't eat. I mean, in terms of like trying to lose weight. If I'm eating well, it's because I want to lose weight. And if I'm not, I'm not going to lose weight. And and lifestyle as well, exercise too. And that is just so incomplete. Weight aside, whether you want to gain weight or you want to lose weight, or you're not even thinking about weight, we must live in a way that supports our hormones and avoid living and eating in a way that creates hormonal dysfunction and stop normalizing things that aren't normal, whether that is anxiety or it's depression or it's headaches or it's bloating or it's any number of other things. That's not normal. That is a sign from your body that something is up and we need to dive into that. Here's kind of the scoop and why I decided to do this episode. As you guys know, I'm pregnant again. I'm in my second trimester now. And as is typical in pregnancy, I had some blood work done that they normally do. You know, they want to look at your blood sugar. They want to look at, you know, just everything that's happening in your body when you're pregnant. So I had some standard blood work done and they added into that blood work. And this was in the second trimester just to look at my my thyroid because I, about four and a half or so years ago, had a mild case of Hashimoto's. And I guess I shouldn't even use the word case because it's not like something you come down with. But I had Hashimoto's several years ago and was medicated for only about 30 days, but really found that I was able to manage it through diet and lifestyle. I've talked about that extensively on the podcast. We've done a number of episodes on thyroid and today will be one of those. But after making those changes everything was pretty normal. And they tested my thyroid function a couple of times in my pregnancy with Dagny and everything was completely normal, which was awesome because oftentimes pregnancy, if you have any kind of sensitivity or abnormality in your thyroid, pregnancy can really rock that and either create problems where there weren't any or exacerbate problems where there have been some. So I had this blood work done and in my mind, I really wasn't expecting anything to be off with my thyroid because it hadn't been in my pregnancy with Dagny. And as you guys know, even though that wasn't long ago, less than a year ago, um, a lot has happened since then. 
So I was very surprised when they called me a few days later to say that my thyroid was in a state of extreme dysfunction. So several years ago, I had a very mild case of Hashimoto's. Now they were like, okay, we're concerned. You need to get to an endocrinologist ASAP. My, my levels were way, way outside, multiples outside the normal range. And so while I was surprised because I didn't have any thyroid dysfunction in my pregnancy with Dagny, when I thought more about it, I really wasn't surprised at all, but it kind of is what perpetuated this episode because yes, I had had trouble losing weight, but really felt, didn't, didn't question my thyroid because I was postpartum. My cortisol levels were through the roof. I knew that from my Dutch testing, which impairs fat loss, high stress, which obviously being in a period of grief, I was under a tremendous amount of stress and I was pregnant again, right? So like all of the things that I thought of when I was like, why if I'm eating really well and I had been and I, you know, been active and all of those things, like why am I hanging on to this, this weight that I gained in my pregnancy with Dagny? But I explained it all away. Well, it's because of this. It's because of that. It's because of the other thing. And then to another sign of thyroid issue, weight gain. Same thing. I'm pregnant, right? I'm extremely stressed out. I'm postpartum. All of those things. Trouble sleeping. I explained it away. Grief, pregnancy, stress. And then another symptom of um, a thyroid dysfunction is depression. But I didn't even think twice about that because obviously you guys know I'm in a season of grief. I've absolutely struggled with depression since Dagny died. And I had all of those things going on and going on fairly intensely, like trouble sleeping wasn't just like every once in a while, it, it's a nightly thing. The depression wasn't, you know, intermittent periods of feeling down. It's a, it's a constant thing. Um, the trouble losing weight wasn't like some weeks I'm good, some weeks I'm not. No, it was a constant thing. And yet I'm rationalizing it in my mind. So years and years ago, when I first found out that I had Hashimoto's and it was, it was kind of borderline, um, I was on 12 and a half micrograms of Synthroid for 30 days. And I think the doctors would have had me continue on it, but I found that I was able to really regulate my thyroid function and get my lab values in a normal range through making some modifications to diet and lifestyle. Again, you can go to primalpotential.com, search thyroid, you'll find all the episodes that talk about all those details. So then when they said, we're calling in 100 micrograms for you that you need to start today, I was like, oh, whoa, that's, that's a lot. Um, but I share this because I talk to so many people who are like, well, it's because I'm overwhelmed at work. And look, I'm not saying you have a thyroid issue. And if you do have a thyroid issue, I don't want you to freak out about it because there's so much that we can do to normalize it and it doesn't keep you from anything, whether that is emotional stability or it's weight loss or anything. There's, there's nothing that a thyroid issue is going to like take off the table for you because there's so much that we can do from a prescription standpoint, a nutraceutical standpoint, supplements, and a diet and lifestyle standpoint. But I say this because even outside of the thyroid, right, when we talk about estrogen issues, when we talk about cortisol issues, when we talk about progesterone issues, 
everybody's just saying, well, you know, this has been me forever. I've dealt with this forever. My mom has been this way or my sister has this issue too. Or, you know, I've just never been a good sleeper. I'm just getting older. Guys, we... Our bodies are not meant to be in a state of struggle dysfunction. One of my favorite things to talk to my clients about is myths about menopause. So many people think that weight gain and mood swings and night sweats and all of those things that we think of when we think about menopause are just normal. No, they're not. No, they're not. Our bodies are equipped to transition into menopause without those symptoms. And those symptoms are our body's way of telling us, hey, something is off here. And again, it does not mean that you need to be medicated from a prescription standpoint, but you may, and that's fine. And it doesn't mean that it's forever, right? Where I am right now with a prescription for my thyroid, I don't think I'll be there forever. And also, it's not just a prescription. There's things that I have to do diet and lifestyle-wise as well. But I just want to shake everybody who is acting as though depression is not something to look into. And I I don't just mean in a therapy way. Like, please get therapy. I think therapy is great and important and healthy and wonderful and all of those things. But let's look at nutritionally what we can do. Lifestyle-wise, what we can do. Supplementation-wise, what we can do. Hormone-wise, what can we do? Because depression and anxiety and trouble losing weight are not just normal states of being. Now, obviously, if you're one of those people who has trouble losing weight because of your own inconsistency or your own overindulgence and that sort of thing, take responsibility for that and don't go looking for, you know, oh, it must be because I have some hormonal issue. If you know in your gut that it's because you're inconsistent with your diet or because you're sedentary or eating more fuel than your body needs, address adjust that first, normalize that first, see how your body responds, and then you can decide if there's something deeper that you need to look into. I was frustrated when I found out that my thyroid was all messed up because I felt like I was doing something wrong, you know, like I could have done something to avoid this thyroid dysfunction. But then when I really think about it, A, that's completely not helpful at all, right? That is going to a place where so many of us go, where we're judging the problem, the past, judging reality, what is. We're in our feelings about what is instead of just being objective about what we can do about it. I mean, I could also tell the story that it could have been way, way worse if I hadn't been doing all the great things that I had been doing, or maybe I wouldn't have been able to get pregnant to begin with if I hadn't been doing all the great things that I've been doing. So it re- we don't need to go to the place where, you know, like when I got my results back that my cortisol level was really high, I didn't have the same reaction to that because I felt like so much of that was beyond my control with the circumstances of of pregnancy and C-section and then Dagny's death and that whole process. But the reality is it really doesn't matter. Look, if you find out that you have type 2 diabetes and you've just been avoiding doctor's appointments, you don't have to go to the place of beating yourself up and shame and it's because I didn't take good care of of myself. None of that is relevant. None of it. And I want to just put that out there because as some of you maybe decide to explore Dutch testing or go talk to your doctor finally because you've been avoiding that or any number of other things, know that you might have 
those initial thoughts of like, I could have avoided this or I could have prevented this. Maybe you could, maybe you couldn't, but that really doesn't matter. Let's commit right now and we'll have to recommit to it again and again and again because that's the way the brain works, that we will invest our energy in the solution and not in our judgment of the problem, okay? So if you are somebody who's listening right now and you're like, well, I've just been down because of COVID or I've been down because I always feel this way at the holiday season or I always feel this way when the days are shorter and there's not as much light or I've always just had low sex drive or constant anxiety. These are not just normal parts of who you are. Your body is giving you evidence of a dysfunction that we can fix right? When we talk about hormones, I think largely because they're not really well understood by most people. So many people think that having some sort of hormone dysfunction is a forever thing, an insurmountable thing, this huge issue that's totally out of their control and dictates their their weight or their metabolism or their mood or their sex drive. And that's just not true. Our hormones are the most influenceable with diet and lifestyle. I mean, quickly. That's what I love about the day and age in which we live where we can have such easily accessible visibility into what's going on because we can see that when we start to eat a little bit differently, when we start to incorporate something like meditation or sleeping more, sleeping better, or supplementation, we can see the improvements so much more quickly. So I want to take the rest of our time together today. Like I feel like I could hang it up right there and and encourage people to either do Dutch testing. Now, let me just pause there for a second because I recently did an episode on the Dutch test. What episode was that? Let me see if I can find it. Um, I'll put it in the show notes so that that you can find it um, if you want to listen to that. Now, I did the Dutch testing over the summer. And that told me a lot about my body's ability to detoxify. It told me a lot about estrogen and progesterone and cortisol. And that's so important. Me finding out that my cortisol levels were through the roof, basically from the time I woke up in the morning until the time I went to sleep again at night. And the only time they would drop is when I was sleeping. That's super valuable. But one thing that I do want you to know about the Dutch test is it doesn't look at your thyroid. So keep that in mind as well. I think a good thing to do is really look at like what are your symptoms and that'll kind of point you towards what it is that you think you might need to take a closer look at. But thyroid is something that comes up a lot, especially when somebody has a weight issue, whether that is gaining weight, trouble losing weight, anything along those lines, a lot of folks will blame it on the thyroid. And I, again, want to say at the risk of being a broken record, you can switch off if you so choose. That is your prerogative. It's not insurmountable. There's a ton that we can do to improve our thyroid. Like I said, when they put me on Synthroid years and years ago, uh, I was on it for, for 30 days. It might have even been less than 30 days. I don't even think I finished my first full prescription. So keep that in mind. And that was just your changes that I made with supplementation and, and uh, diet and things like that. Okay. Your thyroid, though, is one of those things that influences all of your other hormones. So this was really fascinating to me when I got these results that my thyroid was just so extremely dysfunctional or is so extremely dysfunctional right now. Did the cortisol issue with the stress created thyroid issue 
or was there a thyroid issue that is influencing the cortisol? Honestly, the answer is probably both. But the beautiful thing about it is that so many of the strategies that we talk about, and you can listen to any of the episodes I've done on hormones, I've probably done at least 50 of them, the strategies for lowering cortisol and the strategies for improving thyroid function and the strategies for detoxing excess estrogen, there's so much overlap. There's so much overlap. And anybody who feels like it's out of my hands, I'm just screwed, chances are they just don't really understand how synergistic this endocrine system is. And don't worry, because I've done podcasts on that, so you can, you can figure that all out. But your thyroid regulates everything. A lot of people refer to it as kind of the thermostat of the body, and then people think about body temperature, which it is related to. But even more than body temperature, it's kind of like regulating everything and influencing checks and balances on all of our other hormones. I mentioned a couple of things that go beyond body weight, trouble losing weight or gaining weight or whatever. Your thyroid also has a huge impact on your brain, depression and anxiety, energy, mental clarity. It is so significant. And I see a lot of people acting like a foggy mind is just part of getting older. Nope, nope, it's really not. It is a sign that something is off. You have an opportunity to optimize it. And that could be optimized through diet, through lifestyle, through supplementation, through medication, potentially a combination of either some of those or all of those, but it can be changed. Your thyroid is a gland. And I know that might sound basic to some of you, but I want to talk about some of these basics because we don't really understand how it works, then we sort of feel disempowered. And I don't want that for anybody. When, if any of you find out, whether through Dutch testing or going to your doctor or anything else, that you have some sort of like hormone issue, I want you to feel totally empowered. I've done an episode on like, basically, I mean, I've done episodes on glucagon. I've done episodes on insulin. I've done episodes on cortisol. I've done episodes on adrenals. You name it. So it's there to empower you with everything that you can do. This gland that is the thyroid secretes hormones, right? And the hormones of the thyroid influence the function of pretty much every single cell in your body, right? When your thyroid is functioning optimally, you feel energetic and vibrant and optimistic. And when it's not functioning optimally, you can feel all or any of these things tired, depressed, sluggish, foggy, experiencing weight gain or trouble losing weight more bloating, trouble regulating your body temperature, getting warm, getting cold, feeling like it's all over the place. And you can see that a lot of these symptoms can just be attributed to something else. For me, I was like, postpartum, check. Grieving, check. High cortisol, check. Pregnancy, check. But in doing so, in kind of dismissing it, not really knowing for sure and getting those facts, there was a problem going on that I could have been addressing that I didn't even know about because I dismissed all the flags. And I know there are people listening right now who are doing that very same thing. One of the keys to all of this 
is paying attention to the hormonal signals that you're getting from your body, all right? Now, not every single signal that you get from your body is telling you about some hormonal dysfunction or need for optimization. For example, you have, this is a good a good example. So yesterday was Chris's birthday and I had a cupcake and like, 45 minutes later, I felt super just kind of sluggish and blah and whatever. Now, hormones are involved in that because what I was experiencing was uh, the blood sugar rise and then the blood sugar crash and the symptoms are kind of from the blood sugar crash. But the fact is, this could be just a function of like what you ate or it could be um, a function of, you know, you're fighting something, you're fighting a bug, you're fighting a cold, any of those things. Uh, if you just got in a huge fight with somebody and then you're feeling down, like it can just be that, right? So let's not think that absolutely everything we feel is a sign from our hormones. But when something is chronic, when it persists, let's not dismiss it as this is just the way I always am, or yeah, I've been feeling this way for a while, or it's the weather, or it's this, or it's that. If something persists, let's look at it, Okay interpreting hormonal signals is a really, really powerful thing. If you are chronically fatigued, but you know you're consistently getting seven or eight hours of sleep, let's look at that. What's going on? The other thing to know, especially if you're going to be looking at testing, is that there's more than one thyroid hormone. There's not just one. So when I got this thyroid panel done, four of the things that they looked at were in the normal range. So far, so good, right? One of the things that they looked at was severely outside of the normal range. So there's multiple thyroid hormones and they all function differently. Some of them are um, more inactive and some of them are very, very active and kind of key players in the game. And they're, they're released and they're secreted, they're produced based on signals from the brain. And the reason that the brain knows how or what to signal is from what you eat, from what you breathe, like if you're exposed to toxins or if you're not, uh, from how you think, truly, truly, your perspective, your outlook, if you are chronically negative, complaining, worried, anxious, your brain will send different signals to your thyroid and your thyroid will function differently because of how you think. The bacteria in and on your body causes the brain to send different signals to the thyroid about what to secrete. So that's that to me is really, really great news because it tells me, and I've seen this play out in my own body and in lots of my clients, if we eat differently, if we think differently, if we rest differently, if we improve our microbiome, all of that is going to influence the way our thyroid functions. And we can go from functional to dysfunctional or dysfunctional to functional pretty quickly And that is the beautiful thing. No hormonal dysfunction is like some fixed state that you can't get beyond. Your thyroid, this gland that secretes hormones, is extremely sensitive to external inputs. And when I say external inputs, what I'm referring to is what you eat, the environment you're in. So that could be like physically, air quality, or it could be emotionally, Your thyroid is extremely sensitive to things like toxins or sleep deprivation, right? Your thyroid is very sensitive to these. So if I am working with somebody 
who has thyroid dysfunction and I see improvements that they can make to their diet, I know that it's going to fundamentally change how their thyroid functions. Or if I talk to somebody who is sleep deprived or who is under a ton of stress, I know we want to start making some improvements there because that will change the function of the thyroid. Your thyroid is tremendously sensitive to external inputs. That doesn't mean that we need to freak out about every little detail and nuance. There's just some basic, simple strategies that influence all of our hormones, including the thyroid, that we can start to improve, okay? Sometimes when people find out they have a thyroid issue or anything and they get on meds, they think like, that's my part. I just need to, to take my meds. And that's not it at all. I want you to remember, and this, this goes for anybody who's being medicated right now, that is one piece of it. But the fact is, your thyroid might improve a little bit or anything when you take the medication that you're prescribed for it, but it's nothing compared to the improvement you could make if you also change those inputs to which your thyroid is responding to. Optimizing your nutrition, optimizing your sleep, optimizing your stress, optimizing your toxic exposure, right? All of those things are tremendously important, right? If you continue to not eat well or you continue to stress about every little thing or not incorporate things that can calm you, whether that's journaling or meditation or prayer or combination of those things, you're further hurting your thyroid all while you take this medication, right? So let's talk about the thyroid hormones and how they're different from one another because if anybody goes down that path and they want to start looking at... Um, getting a test done, looking at their overall thyroid function. I want you to understand how these things are a little bit different. So T3 is the hormone that we're typically referring to when we talk about metabolism, right? T3 is an active hormone and it's the one that's primarily responsible for your body's fuel usage. So like, are you taking fat from your fat stores and using that? Or how well are you metabolizing the food that you're eating? That kind of stuff is run by the hormone T3, T3. T4 is an inactive hormone, and it's a precursor to T3, okay? T4 is just kind of sitting there. It's waiting to be converted to T3 so it can get in the game. But T3, T4, just know, is inactive. So is reverse T3. It is inactive, all right? When you experience stress or illness or injury or you go on an extreme diet, your body responds by producing reverse T3. Remember, that's inactive. And think about it this way. That is your body's way of slowing down the function of your thyroid so that you slow down metabolism so that your body can conserve conserve energy for healing. So I really think that this is a big part of what happened in causing my thyroid to be like so extremely out of whack right now. Remember, if your body perceives stress, illness, injury, any kind of extreme situation, that could be like a crash diet or anything, it wants to conserve energy in your body for 
for healing or for recovery or because it thinks that food is scarce. And it does that by producing this inactive thyroid hormone instead of the active thyroid. And it's just how your body regulates to make sure that you conserve the energy you need. So I suspect that was a big part of of what happened in my situation, but I do think it's important. That's kind of like a very high level overview, but I do think it's important to know that there are different thyroid hormones and none of them are bad, right? They all serve an important function and it helps kind of make things make sense and reminds us that things like stress management and things like sleep and things like nutrition are incredibly important. So all three of these hormones need to be produced and they need to be produced in the right ratios, right? If the overall amounts are off or if the ratios are off, you have some type of impairment in your thyroid, which again can be addressed, all right? They also, in addition to producing these hormones, all of them, and in the right ratios, beyond that, they have to be able to be released from the cell. So the signaling has to work as well. This is one of the reasons that I got really, really fascinated by the microbiome because there's this, a lot of you have probably heard this before. If you haven't heard me talk about it, maybe you've read it in a book or heard somebody else talk about it. There's this kind of central meridian in the body and there's several, but one of them is the gut-brain axis. And the gut and the brain are sending signals to each other about like what's going on and what's needed and what's not needed. The signaling has to happen, right? So it's not just a matter of is my thyroid producing the right hormones in the right ratios? Is my thyroid effectively getting the signals from my brain and are my cells throughout my body effectively getting the signals from my thyroid or from these hormones that are being sent out into circulation from the thyroid. One of the great ways that we can improve the communication pathway is by making sure that we have a really strong, healthy, balanced, robust microbiome. When we don't have adequate bacteria in the body, we impair signaling from the gut to the brain, from the brain to the gut. And that's a big part of overall hormone balance. So when we talk about the different types of thyroid hormones, they all have to be produced, but then they have to be produced in healthy ratios. And the signaling pathways have to be functioning, right? They have to be signaling being so that they can be released from the cell so that they can attach to the right receptor on the cell that they're targeting, all of that has to be in place or you have thyroid dysfunction. So just know that there can be dysfunction any place in this. This is why sometimes people will say things like, I went and I got my thyroid tested and they said everything was normal. Well, first, did they do an entire thyroid panel or did they only look at, say, T3? Okay, that's one thing. The second thing is, remember, even if you are producing all those thyroid hormones and their ratios are fine, how's your cell signaling 
one of the biggest things that we can do to optimize cell signaling is have a healthy, strong, well-balanced, robust microbiome. Okay, I hear that a lot. Like I went and I got tested and said everything's normal and I don't feel like everything's normal. It's not just, do I have these hormones? Are they in the right amounts? Is my cell able to get the signal? Is the cell receptor able to get the right signal? All of that has to be in place. It sounds like a lot, but look, the beautiful thing is when we talk about strategies for improving it, there's so much overlap that it really, really does keep it simple. Okay. The other thing to know is that cortisol, the stress hormone, really impacts thyroid function and vice versa. All right. So cortisol is a stress hormone. And in small intermittent doses, cortisol is like really good, really important, really, really healthy. Um, certain types of exercise, you know, high intensity interval training, weight training, all of those things can produce a stress response. And that can be good and healthy and really wonderful. Excitement, you know, all of those things can be good and very healthy. So in small doses, cortisol makes your thyroid more efficient. But when we have an excess of cortisol, you guys are probably all like, that's what happened to you, Elizabeth. Very, very likely. When you have too much of this stress hormone, the cortisol inhibits the conversion of T4. Remember, T4 is the inactive thyroid hormone to T3. So you have all of this T4, but it can't convert to T3. There's plenty there ready to be used, but that conversion pathway to activate the thyroid hormone is blocked. So when I think about, I did my Dutch test, cortisol's through the roof, in hindsight, I should have had my thyroid tested then. You know, like, oh crap, that's right. Cortisol blocks the conversion of T4 to T3. Let's look and see how this stress is impacting my thyroid. I didn't do that. Mental note, if that's, you know, if, you, if you've done the Dutch test and so many of you have reached out to me, and remember, I'll link it up in the show notes. So many have reached out to me and said that you've done that, which is awesome. If you have high cortisol, let's look at, especially if you are in my situation where it's extremely high cortisol, let's look at what's happening with the thyroid. Because when you have chronic stress, not a little bit of stress, I lost my keys, my kids are late, you know, I work out regularly. No, no. But like chronic stress. And for me, it was stress of pregnancy, stress of surgery, stress of physical recovery, um, stress from lack of sleep, you know, in that newborn period. And then, of course, the ongoing stress of, of grief and trauma from Dagny's death. It blocks the conversion of T4 to T3. All right. So keep that in mind. Let's talk about the lifestyle kinds of changes we can make because I'm very open about the fact that I'm on Synthroid now, but that's that's like one piece. That's not all. For your thyroid to function properly, it relies on a few key nutrients, okay? These nutrients have to be consumed by the body because we cannot store them. So this is someplace where supplementation is very, very important, Okay iodine, zinc, and selenium. Okay. You want to make sure that you have a, either you're taking them separately. I think the easier thing to do is make sure you're taking a really high quality multivitamin. You also can get these things from food. Just remember, just remember that you can't store iodine, zinc, and selenium, and they are required for thyroid function. So you can totally take the path of eating foods that are rich in these things. Just know that you've got to do it regularly because you can't store them. 
So multivitamin is definitely an option. Processed foods, not going to cut it, right? You've got to focus on whole foods for the zinc, the iodine, the selenium, and not just once in a while. We talked about the microbiome, especially in terms of cell signaling, which is critically important. You can have all the right hormones and all the right ratios, but it doesn't mean that your body is getting the signals that it needs so that they can do their job. The microbiome is also important for a number of other reasons. If you have bacterial imbalance, that increases the prevalence of Hashimoto's as well as Graves' disease. One of the reasons that the microbiome is so important when we talk about the thyroid is because there's certain microbes that influence, really regulate the way that your thyroid can uptake iodine. And remember, we said iodine is one of those things that's, that's critical. Well, again, you can have all the iodine that you need, but if you can't utilize it, then you're screwed, right? You might as well not have any at all. And it's bacterial balance. It's certain microbes that regulate your body's ability to uptake iodine. So that's hugely, hugely, hugely important. Uh, it also has a role there with... Um, selenium and zinc as well. So make sure that you're not just like, okay, I'm taking my multivitamin. That microbiome is critical for signaling, but also for the uptake of these nutrients. The microbiome have a huge role in, in how we break down nutrients. And there's just a lot of people out there who aren't able to harvest the nutrients from the food that they eat because they have some sort of like microbial imbalance. So probiotics are really important. Don't crash diet. Seriously, it's like one of the worst things for your thyroid, the severe caloric restriction. Um, like this is a time where, I mean, even if I weren't pregnant, and I am, no fasting. I wouldn't be intermittently fasting. I mean, obviously we all intermittently fast overnight, but I wouldn't be doing like an extended intermittent fast, like a 16-hour thing. I wouldn't be doing any kind of like detox fasting. Not when you have a thyroid issue or you suspect that you have a thyroid issue. Remember, one of the things that your thyroid does in response to that is it, it prevents the conversion of inactive thyroid hormone to active thyroid hormone because it thinks your body needs to conserve energy because you're not giving it enough. So this is a time when, you know, I eat first thing in the morning um, within, well, I take my medication first thing in the morning and you're not supposed to eat with that. But like as soon as I can within 30 to 60 minutes after waking, I'm eating because I want my body to know like, hey, I got you. There's fuel here. You don't want to overeat. That's a stressor. That's a problem. And it becomes a chronic stressor when you do it regularly. But if you have or suspect that you have any thyroid issue, not the time to be doing any kind of fasting, okay? Um, avoid what are called thyroid disruptors. BPA is a huge one. So don't drink out of plastic containers, water bottles, um, plastic soda bottles, Gatorade bottles, uh, even plastic bottles that are like reusable water water bottles, unless you know that they're BPA-free. Also, one of the common places for BPA to show up is in like non-stick stuff. So think um, inside of uh, the bag of microwave popcorn. You know, they don't want the popcorn to get stuck to the bag, so they line it. Those often have BPA. Also, the inside of cans. I one of my pregnancy cravings is tomato soup. And um, Campbell's has some cans that specify that they're BPA-free. So that's the only one that I buy because those kinds of toxins are known as 
thyroid disruptors. I also think it's really important to get a water filter. I've done an episode on that. You can search it on primalpotential.com. Um, the other thing, lift weights. It improves your thyroid function because it improves the sensitivity of the cell receptors that your thyroid hormones have to attach to in order to function. So if you want to improve your thyroid function, start lifting weights. Avoid chronic cardio, you know, spending an hour on the treadmill or the Stairmaster or the elliptical, not a good thing, not a good thing. Shorter, intense workouts are going to be really good, especially when they involve weights for your thyroid, all right? So I mentioned the Dutch, the Dutch test. I love that. I think it's a really, really great place to start. It's going to tell you about a lot of hormones, um, multiple hormones in the estrogen family, progesterone, cortisol. I'll link that up. Just know it doesn't look at thyroid, but it could tell you if you potentially need to. I'm not saying that all thyroid issues are related to cortisol, but there's no denying that cortisol and thyroid hormones really impact significantly. Um, so Maybe you just want to call your doctor and do a full thyroid panel. Maybe you just want to implement these lifestyle changes or these dietary changes and see if it improves how you feel before you take a next step. I think all of those are really great options, but let's just stop normalizing feeling crappy. Let's stop normalizing depression and anxiety and all of those different things because they are signals from your body that something is off. And I really want to be a partner with you in helping you get that squared away. All right, everybody have an amazing day. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.